As in any relationship, we do know what our triggers are, the buttons to push when we need to, and even though we do our best, we still like to push those buttons every once in a while, um, just to keep things spicy. Hi everyone, welcome back. Um, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I was sick and I am still sick. So I'm trying to get over this cold. I don't even know what's wrong with me, but it's been crazy. I've been sleeping a lot, so tired. Um, but I just wanted to take a little bit of time to talk to you guys about boundaries. I think it's the perfect time to kind of establish some boundaries during the holiday season and everything just gets kind of crazy during this time. So I did an Instagram live not that long ago about boundaries, so I did pull a little bit from that so that I could share it here on my podcast. So let's get started. I'm going to start by sharing a personal experience that my husband and I have had with boundaries. We struggled for years before really getting a handle on this and understanding what each other's needs are, and we are definitely not perfect with this, but we've come a long way in this area. Um, As in any relationship, we do know what our triggers are, the buttons to push when we need to, and even though we do our best, we still like to push those buttons every once in a while um, just to keep things spicy, you know. But here's one of the things that we worked really hard on. Joe and I communicate differently. We have different needs when conflict arises. So for him, he's a problem solver. I mean, I am too, but it's just we do this differently. So when we want to, like for him, he's a problem solver and he wants to get things handled and done so quickly so that we can move on as fast as possible. And he can go from zero to 100 very quickly. But as fast as he can get heated, he can also calm down just as quickly. Me, on the other hand, it takes me a while to get heated. But once I'm there, I'm going to need some space and some time to process and calm down a little bit. Sometimes that could be an hour, sometimes longer, sometimes less. It just depends on the magnitude of the conflict. So what we realized, and I'll only speak for myself really, is... I would have a hard time setting boundaries and communicating what my boundaries were. Honestly, I don't even think I was aware of them either for quite some time. So sometimes even the smallest conflict would turn into a heated conversation argument because we were stepping all over each other's boundaries. Basically, what this was looking like is when we would argue We both actually were trying to de-escalate the situation, but in very different ways. So I'm actively trying to walk away so that I don't say anything that I might regret. I just need more time to collect my thoughts. And he would follow behind me to try to solve the issue so we could just be done with it. See, those are very different styles of communicating and boundary needs. So one day outside of an argument, I was like, hey, it really upsets me when you do this and you don't give me space when I ask for it. And I was explaining to him where I was coming from. It was easier for him to hear me and what I was talking about in a separate conversation versus me trying to yell it at him or bring it up to him like when we're already heated in a conversation. So he heard what I had to say and what I was asking of him, and he worked really hard to respect that. 
none of this happens overnight. It takes time, especially for him, because it goes against everything that he was trying to do, which is fix the problem immediately. And I really appreciated the patience that he had shown in the effort that he took to respect my boundaries. Now, there are exceptions to that. So if I'm at fault for something, if maybe the reason why we're fighting is because I violated his boundaries, then it's just not going to fly for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to need time to process. Like, I'm going to keep you on red while I just like I'm over here doing whatever I need to do. None of that's going to go over well. And I'm just going to need to suck it up and respect him and his needs and do whatever I can to make the situation right. He his needs are going to take priority in a situation like that. And just to be clear, I'm not talking about staying in a situation that's abusive, even if you are at fault. That's just that's not what I'm talking about here. This is just simply an argument or disagreement that is in a typical relationship. We sometimes fear putting up our boundaries because we think we're being too pushy or demanding or we're trying to kick people out of our lives. What we're really doing when we set boundaries is we're we're telling the other person that, hey, I respect you. I respect myself. And if we're going to have any type of relationship together, then we're going to have to establish some boundaries so that we can keep each other in our lives in the best possible way. It's not to control people. It's just a way that we can enjoy the relationship and feel safe in it. Now, there are seven types of boundaries, and I'll name them real quick and give some examples for a couple of them. So the first is physical. So if you're not a hugger and someone is constantly coming up to you and hugging you, then that's crossing one of the lines of your boundaries. There's property boundaries. And I gave this example in the Instagram live that I did about my brother cutting the stuffing out of my favorite bear when we were kids. I don't know what I did to piss him off, but he sure did get his payback. I was so sad. And the fact that I'm bringing this up decades later just shows that I'm still not over it. So I still love him, though, but I'm going to need him to buy me a new teddy bear before we can call it even. (laughs) Okay, so the next boundary is emotional. It's like someone is having a bad day and then they're taking it out on you. And then there's intellectual boundaries. That's when someone's talking down to you like you're the biggest idiot that they've ever seen. And then spiritual boundaries. So it's someone it's someone that isn't letting you pray or forcing you to pray. We also have time boundaries, showing up late for things, but also showing up too early for things. I'm currently working on trying to not be late for things. It's not easy for me. So I apologize if I'm crossing anyone's boundaries by being late. I'm going to blame it on my ADHD and it's a work in progress. Okay. Uh, And then lastly, there's sexual boundaries. So we can define boundaries as rigid, permeable, and flexible. Flexible is the sweet spot. Sometimes It is necessary for us to have rigid boundaries. For example, most of us aren't just, we're just not going to be okay if someone's coming up to us and punching us in our face for no reason. That's going to be a hard no for me. And I'm going to not be flexing on that boundary. We also have like the permeable boundaries. Those are like the people pleasing boundaries. Um, I can be a people pleaser sometimes. So I really do need to check myself when I start showing up to things and, uh, 
not really respecting my own boundaries for the sake of someone else's needs. And then, like I said, the sweet spot, the flexible boundaries. An example of that is my kids, they know that, well, let me throw my husband in there too. So they all know that I love my sleep. So I don't like to be woken up. And if there's something going on that can wait to the morning time, that's going to need to wait. Like mom needs her sleep because I'm not going to be happy if you wake me up. But if there's an emergency or something urgent that's that's happening, then I'm going to flex on that boundary. So I expect to be woken up if, oh my gosh, there's a fire or like my one of these kids got their head stuck in the railing, you know, like wake me up, please. But don't wake me up if you need a PBJ in the middle of the evening. I don't want to be woken up for that. So there are also two types of boundary violations, so external and internal. And some examples of external boundary violations would be like physical and sexual abuse, which we're not going to talk about the boundary violations related to abuse. But what I will say is that if you are in an abusive situation, please reach out for help. You do not deserve to be in a situation where you're being abused in any way. And I hope that you are all safe in your homes and in your relationships. So some other external violations are like cutting in line from people or smoking in front of someone without their permission. And then internal boundary violations would be like gossiping or sharing someone's secrets when they confided in you. And then assuming other people's thoughts. I do love to share this one story about my husband who he sent me this reel one time about a wife and a husband who were laying in bed. And the wife is just like, they're turned and they're faced away from each other. And the wife is thinking, oh, I bet he's thinking about another woman. And then it shows the husband's thought, which is actually him thinking about something silly. Like, I wonder how big dinosaurs are. And I'm pretty sure my husband sent that to me more than one time because he thinks it's just so funny. He's so silly, but he better only be thinking about how big dinosaurs are. I'll tell you that right now. Um, But this is a pretty good place for us to start on boundaries. It's understanding what our boundaries are and how we can clearly express them to other people. So there is a space in your life to set all three styles of boundaries, a time to set a rigid boundary, like the ones where don't punch me in the face because that ain't happening boundary. And then there's a time for the passive ones where you might be in a position where you need to endure some uncomfortable situations until you can get yourself out of the situation that you're in and then the flexible boundaries which is where you want that's where you want to kind of aim to spend most of your time being flexible is a place where we can be assertive so we can ask for what we need but also be adaptable and flex when it's appropriate when you're new to intentionally setting boundaries it can be helpful to start off small so If there's someone in your life that you feel safe with and trust to practice, I try that first. So let's say you have a bestie who's calling you every other night, you know, around midnight because they're living the nightlife, but you got to get up for work at 6 a.m. But you're kind of like in that people pleasing style. It might be a good time to say, hey, like, can you make sure that you're only calling me after 10 p.m. for emergencies only? And then I'll call you when I get off of work, something like that. 
versus starting with like a 10 year long conflict that you're having with a relative that is always escalating around the holidays, but you're worried you might snap if you try to address the boundary before having a chance to practice it. So start off small. And it can be helpful for the bigger conversations to set aside time to have a talk versus catching that person off guard. You can set up like a day to have coffee, tea, whatever it is, dinner, so that you guys can discuss the conflict. That way, both of you have time to think about what you want to say and how you want to feel after the conversation has ended. Now, I know... I'm making all of this sound kind of simple, but in reality, this does take work and it takes patience and it takes practice. Emotions can start to go all over the place when you start navigating some of these boundaries. If you feel yourself getting flustered preparing to set boundaries, then you may find it helpful to try to ground yourself. So setting boundaries can feel really uncomfortable, especially when you first start trying to stay present in the moment the best that you can. What I tend to do is I'll try to pick out everything blue in the room just so that I'm I'm in the space, I'm present in the moment, I'm trying to ground myself. So I'll look for everything blue in the room and I'll name it. Or if you're able to focus a little bit more, you could do something that's called like the 54321 technique of naming five things that you can see, four things that you can touch, three things you can hear two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can touch. Now, these grounding techniques can be used anytime for your anxiety, if it's spiking, if you're worrying about the past, the future, whatever the case is, and you just need to stay in the present moment. Keep those two things in mind and try them the next time that you're feeling anxious. There are times when relationships and friendships end not because of a conversation that happened, but because of a really tough conversation that didn't happen. It's understandable that we may want to avoid uncomfortable talks and feelings. It's our body's way of protecting ourselves in really uncomfortable situations, but it most often doesn't resolve the problem if we're just avoiding it. We start to hold on to like a lot of resentment and just negative emotions instead of dealing with them head on and moving forward. So have the conversation, set the boundaries. You can do it. And I believe in you. I know you can do it. So this is tough stuff, but you got it. I promise. So I think I'm going to end it there. I know that we're all pretty busy this time of year. I hope that you guys have a great week. And If you have any questions, don't hesitate to message me on Instagram or Facebook. If you got my number, text me, whatever the case is. I always love connecting with you guys and answering any questions and just reading your comments. So if you'd like me to also touch on any specific topics, then just let me know. And I'd love to include it in future episodes. So I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Landing and Perfect. I truly appreciate you being a part of this community and sharing this journey with me. And remember, this podcast is a personal project. It's unrelated to the full-time work I do for the company I help treat those with eating disorders. While I aim to provide professional and educational, inspirational content, it's important to understand that the podcast is not a substitute for professional treatment. So if you or someone that you know is struggling with any issues I've discussed, please consider seeking the help of a qualified healthcare professional. 
and I'll be back with another episode next week. So stay tuned and continue your journey to personal growth and empowerment. Can't wait to connect with you again. Until then, take care and remember, it's okay to embrace your imperfections. They make you the amazing person that you are. See you next week.